Welcome, time travelers, to a special mini campaign here on the Aging Journey Podcast, where our first GM, other than me, will be running a game in the month of October. Please welcome a brand new cast with Captain Ziggy, Lostriel, Al, and Kapetsky. This is a reminder that there may be mature content depicted in our gameplay. But the players and the GM are using safety tools and all content warnings will be in the description below. I am not your GM for this campaign, Tanya Lashia, but I would like to warmly welcome Not Quite Normal as your GM for this Cthulhu Dark one-shot, The Purple Island. Enjoy the journey. All right, everyone. Well, welcome to the first... Uh inaugural episode of the purple island um i am privileged to be your dm tonight and i'm looking forward to running this let's start off with can i get otis benjamin and santiago to make a roll for me oh good heavens well how do we do this uh why don't we roll again just 1d6 Actually, have everyone roll a 1d20. Oh, good heavens. Four. Oof. 17. And Santiago, can I get you to roll a d20 for me? Yep. 11. 11. Uh, so who rolled highest? I believe that was uh, Otis, right? Yes. All right. We'll start with you then. So, the air, there's no noticeable temperature to it. It's just thick. If you were to move your limbs around, it would feel like they're moving through soup. Um, what would you say your thoughts are at this moment? Um... I'm just kind of surprised I'm not dead. Or I might be dead. I don't actually know. I feel like as you think about your survival, you feel shockwaves in the liquid around you. Um, There's rumbling. There's violent motion. And then you feel yourself rushing upwards and then rolling forwards and then coming into this hard impact. Um, you feel something gritty hit your face. You don't know what it is. Ow? I will say, you feel liquid starting to turn cold, moving back and forth across you. You feel ground beneath your face as you lie there more and more it feels like can i get up yeah and then i'm gonna get up and look around as you look around the first thing that you see is trees they are not like anything you've seen before they are like pine trees but they're massive. They rise 
far up into the sky, close to like redwoods. Um, their trunks are thick and round. Um, you can see that they're standing up from the beach that you're on, uh, up a little cliff. It's only like six feet tall or so. Uh, and they just spread in all directions. I'm going to look for anything like on the beach, wreckage of the ship, maybe other people. Okay. We'll go to Benjamin. Benjamin, you feel just an abrasion across your whole body. It's rubbing and moving, um, sliding from above you downwards as if something is dumping up on top of you and rushing down past. Um, this continues and you feel this movement until it stops and you feel just this cold press all around you except around your arm and above where there it feels cold i it took take a closer examination that you should around the arm yeah it feel you feel wind blow across it gently the tingling on your arm as it brushes the hair. Well, since there doesn't seem to be anything too unusual, well, after that feeling, I suppose I'll just just walk around a bit. As you start to get up, you feel pressure all across your body. You feel something run down across your face, um, and you realize that it's grit and sand. You can come to realize that you're partially buried underneath some layer of soil. Well, I tried up. I had to wipe off the sand off my face and hoist myself up of whatever ever sand I'm somewhat still stuck in. Mm. Otis, you see just down the beach a little bit an arm sticking up out of the sand and it moving and trying to dig itself out you see the sand around it starting to move as well. Um, is there like a stick or some uh, driftwood or something I can arm myself with? Make an investigation check. One. You don't see any driftwood along the beach or anywhere nearby. You could scramble up the cliff to see in the forest itself, but there's nothing nearby. I'm gonna just, like, check my pockets and just all this and keeping my one good eye on the arm and shifting sand. Benjamin, you're able to shift the sand away from your face. Um, and you can see the surface just a few inches above you, but you are very much buried. I suppose I'll try to wiggle my body up, body up, and slowly but surely trip, really using my one arm to just try to hoist myself self up there. Okay, make a check for me. And I roll with what? Um, that would be 1d6, just based off of it being something you can physically do. Uh, if you have 
any other attributes that I would apply to it, you can also apply them. And I rolled a two. A two? So you're able to get like the top layer of sand away from you. Uh, your face is now exposed to the sun above. Um, you know you're able to get yourself unburied, but it's going to take a little bit. Well, oh, it is. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, then I guess Benjamin will just just be on a never-ending pursuit of digging and digging himself out, out slowly but surely, since what else, else can a man stuck in the sand do? Hmm. I'm going to hop over to Santiago. Everything is black around you. You feel... Nothing. There's no heat. There's no cold. There's no nothing touching your senses at all. How does that make you feel? Ah, uh, empty. Like nothing ever. Hmm. Slowly you hear a man's voice whispering in your ear. And then it disappears just as quickly as it came. Then a woman's voice. Then that's gone. And then more voices over and over again. So I try to hear what the voices are trying to tell me. Make an investigation check. Okay. Uh, four. Four? Yeah. You can hear many distinct voices. Each one sounds like they're reading out like a police report. The details of a crime scene, found dead, strangulation, uh, female, age 32, found dead, a man in his bathtub, found dead, woman shot on a boat, just each voice reading out the crime that I was involved with. And then the last voice you hear is that of Elaine, gone, but lingering, and then back and then gone again. And we'll leave you there for a moment. We're going to go back to Otis on the beach. Assuming I find nothing of worth in my pockets, I'm just going to, like, creep closer to the hand. Can I tell this is Benjamin? Yeah, at this point, you can see it scraped the sand away from its face. Uh, and now you can tell that it's him. Uh, then I'm going to help him up. Okay. Go ahead. Do I need to roll to help up Benjamin, or can I just pull him no. out of the dirt? I'd say you're able to run over and just, well, describe how you would help him up. Uh, I'm just going to grab his arm and just kind of yank him out of the dirt. All right. Go, why don't you guys go ahead and play through this exchange? Uh, 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 get out of this. Uh, wait, you said 
Otis, 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 uh, uh, I'm a bit buried in here. Just hold still. In three, two, one. And then it was... Thanks. So, do you know what just happened? Well, well, we did get off a sinking ship, went into some fog, and now we're on some kind of land. Who? Who's we? You and me. I didn't get off the ship. Uh, oh, I, I believe I was... Sorry, the fog might have messed up my head a little bit. I remember being with one other person. Couldn't have been the fish man. He was with me. I... Yeah, I remember I took a lifeboat with one other person on it. it then we rode ourselves into a big, thick fog. And next thing I know, I was buried in here. Hmm. You must have been there for a while, or someone tried to bury you. You don't just get that buried that quickly. I wasn't buried. Anyways, do you have any idea of where we might be? Do I have any idea of where we might be? You can roll a check to see if you remember anything, if you've ever heard anything about this. Because... I don't... It's less so Otis trying to recognize the area, and more so... This is roughly where we were on a map. Where could this be, but... Mm. Uh, two. Two. You lost track while you were out at sea. You knew you were in the Atlantic, um, but you're not the biggest fan of water. Let alone oceans. Well, I'm certainly lost. I think it's best we follow the coast. Maybe find some other people. Maybe a port town. Oh, yes, I was about to suggest the same thing. Well, stay close. If you find a stick, pick it up. Could always use a weapon. And Otis is going to start marching off in a direction down the coast. All right. And Benjamin follows him. Let's say north or south. Um... Or up or down the coast. South. South. The coast, as you start to make your way down, it doesn't change much as you walk. The scenery itself doesn't change. Would you take a look? I assume you're taking just a broad look around as you walk? Yeah. Are you... What was that? Yeah, I'm just kind of gazing, seeing if I see anything. I would say within no time at all, 
you look to your right out across the sea and you see strung across the horizon blotting out the distance storm clouds massive and thick and moving unnaturally as if you were watching a snake slither through the clouds and there's just the darkest of purples Benny, do you see that? Benny? Uh, Benny? Yeah, I was just getting Dude. lost with how the storm could appear so purple. I think it's best we head inland now. Find some shelter before and if that gets here. I'm just saying, saying no normal storm for what I've seen has that purple tint. Well, yes, I I don't want to get caught in a normal storm, let alone a purple snake storm. And we're sitting ducks out here. And I hope, hope, hope that whatever materials can find can withstand whatever that has. I'm hoping for a cave. Anything's better than nothing. And I'm heading inland. Okay. I would say... Oh, go ahead. Wait, wait, wait up. I... As Benjamin follows him inland. As you turn to go inland... You see just down the beach a little bit more. Um, two shapes, two figures, kind of just casually strolling from inland towards the water. Do they look like people from the ship or just strangers? Um, make an investigation check. This is. I've been rolling hot today. <laughs> and I did the command wrong. One. Keeping the hot streak going. You don't recognize them. And at this distance, you can't really make anything out about them. They just seem to be strolling towards the water's edge. I'm just kind of going to tap Benny. You recognize them? Hold on, let me see. As I roll, and when I have a specialty in observation, that should help. A seven. Perfect. If you have, well, if you're doing these, oh, never mind, you're right, you're right, never mind. For a second, I was misremembering the rules, but seven, yeah, that definitely helps. You can see it's two gentlemen. Um, One's an elderly gentleman, probably in his mid-60s. Uh, the other is a younger man. Um, the elder gentleman's got gray hair, hair uh, and a grayish beard and looks to be in like some nice dress evening clothes. The other gentleman uh, is dressed more in like research attire. Um, they're animatedly talking, not really paying attention to anything around them. Do you think we should approach him? Well... 
Well, they do seem like like fine civilized people. Yeah, but they're walking towards the water with the snake storm. Well, that's probably like maybe one last side of the water before the storm hits the land. And, I mean, it doesn't hurt hurt to talk to him for a little bit. It could, but fine, fine. And Otis is going to head over. Benjamin, Benjamin are you following him? Oh, sorry. As you approach the two gentlemen, um, they don't react. They just, like, continually talk, chatter to each other. As you get closer, one man does turn, seem in your direction, and give a slight nod. And then they both just walk straight into the water. You watch as it flashes around their feet as they walk in. Uh, and they just continue walking out into the ocean. I'm going to go out in a limb and say, that's not normal. And I think I'm not going to follow them. Yeah, no. No. no they... No, for them to possibly breathe that way requires them to know something that we clearly don't. Yeah, I, no, I'm... I vote to return to plan A of fan, find shelter. Yeah. I'm just disappointed that I couldn't have a single word of other these people are. So, as nice as you can be, can be, if you're stuck here for too long with nothing, no one but at each other. It might go crazy at some point. Don't get my hopes up. Anyways, and I'm heading inland. Alright. Again. Benjamin also falls in inland. Santiago. The blackness starts to part. And you see a pinpoint of light above you. What would you do? I try to follow the light uh, somehow. The light grows brighter and brighter. You fear, feel these voices falling away um, one by one by one uh, till you only hear Elaine's for a second. Uh, then it's gone too as you breach the surface of the water. Um, you feel a wave crash into you from behind and see two gentlemen walk right past you and then just disappear. Ahead of you, you see a beach and then massive trees beyond that, uh, and two other people starting to turn away towards the beach, towards the forest. Uh, okay, so I'm going to start uh, getting to the beach. Okay. You're able to make it towards there easily enough. The current's not too strong. Um, hey, do you hear me? Uh, yeah, you do. Do you hear me? Do we hear him? Yeah, you hear someone calling to you from behind. Benjamin just slowly turns around and note round to um to notice a person and I suppose if Benjamin can even notice even a slight 
slight amount of detail about this man, he would have recognized that he talked to him for a short while aboard the ship. Yeah, it's not hard to recognize Santiago. Otis, you saw him shoot Elaine earlier on the boat. Uh, and Benjamin, you remember him from the lifeboat you both escaped on. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, my memory's going back now. That, that guy, that guy over there is who it was in the lifeboat with me. Hey, you can come with us. There's the storm approaching. Jane, Thank you. For shelter. Uh, where, why you weren't with me? Uh, are you good? I was buried in a little bit of the sand for a while, but uh, but Otis helped me out. Oh. Uh, do you need some help, any of you? Well, for starters, I'd like to know where we are. If you would know that by chance. Well, isn't... Iceland, but I don't know what could it be. Alright, so you're you're as lost as us. Great. There's a yeah. purple snake storm all the way out there, and we would like to find shelter before it gets here, so we're heading inland. I'm assuming you want to come with. Well, yeah. Very well, join the Congo line. How do I know that I can trust you? Uh, you don't. However, uh, I punched the fish man that you tried to shoot. So, you know, I think we're kind of on the same page. Well, you were on yeah. a lifeboat with Benny here. You could always take your chances with the weirdos who walked into the ocean. Or the purple um, snake cloud. No, I think that I'm good. I'm going to follow you. Very well. And off to go find shelter. All right. Well, as you turn around, you see that though the forest, it's close. There's still a little bit of a cliff face up to the edge of it, which only goes up six to nine feet. Um, but you can see it runs across the edge of the beach in either direction. Can I get up there? Yeah, you can certainly try. Oh boy, does any military background help with this trained soldier? Hoya? I think so. Yeah. All right. Give me, give me the tasty. Is that 2d6 then, or just a plus one? I don't know. Uh, let me take a look real quick. If it has to do with your occupation, it is an additional d6. Sweet. The plus one is if your personality applies. Ah. I got two threes. Two threes? Let me see some. What is your personality? Superstitious? No, it's unhinged, unhinged and tired. And tired. That's not. I don't know if it applies this time. No, I think unhinged mostly would apply to scaring people. Yes. In this case, you're able to make your way up the cliff, um, but it takes you a while. I think you're about halfway up 
Um, and I'll check to see what the others want to do. You've made your way about halfway up. You've nearly fallen once or twice. The rock is very like brittle shale, um, very crumbling. Santiago and Benjamin, what do you want to do? Is do you, Santiago, do you have like a rope or something to make climbing this over easier? Yeah, athletics have not, there's not really my strong suit. No, I don't. I wasn't able to get something off the ship, so. Uh. Well, if you help me up, I can help you up. Well, what can I do to help you up? I don't know. Why do you want to get up? What? Why do you want to get up? Because purple snake cloud, the forest is more cover than the beach. I know, but we could maybe search another way to get into the forest. I mean, we could walk the beach forever, or you could just give me a boost here and now. Okay, uh, just don't make anything wrong. Um, so I can roll a d6 to... Yeah. Okay. One. High rollers tonight. As you go to start to climb up and help him up, um, you find it's very brittle shale. And you get up about two feet or so before the footholds underneath your feet break. Uh, And you don't fall on your back. You don't hurt yourself. But you do stumble down back to the bottom. All right. Okay. So I think how we do this. Is Be- does Benjamin look like the lightest of the three of us? I mean, he, he's a little tall, visibly old. All right, whatever. Okay. Me. How about we do Santiago? Hmm? Okay, real yeah. quick, because I neglected it earlier. Go ahead and describe your characters, everyone. So that our viewers at home who have not had the chance to go and listen to the sessions, you have an idea of who we're looking at. Oh, right. Bit late for um, that, but all right. Benjamin is, and is a bit tall, tall hat, all wearing, wearing some more prestigious clothes and glasses. This is you can see like strands of gray hair here on his head, head with a few wrinkles on his face. And he is known for writing any famous ghost stories that have been published into novels for the previous few years. Uh, Otis is a bigger guy, probably early 40s, late 30s. He's got an eye patch and a bomber's jacket, short, scruffy blonde hair. The beginnings of a now soggy beard and a captain's hat even though he has a pilot's jacket 
Ah, uh, okay. Uh, Santiago is a male guy with uh, 19 years old. Uh, like a promedium is that tier. Yeah. Uh, brown eyes, uh, black hair, uh, usually used as sweet. And it's a little built. So I maybe the best option. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sit here at the bottom of the hill and I will give one of you two a boost up so you can at least grab the top. You know, like a, a step stool or something. Alright. And I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna like get down on a knee, cut my hands so someone can step on them and then give them a boost. Alright. Why don't you guys both make a check then? And we'll take the best of your two combined rolls. Four. All right. Let's go ahead and narrate how you successfully get him up. Well, I'm going to just kind of prop myself to make a stable platform. And then when someone steps in my hands, I'll boost them up and then just kind of act like a step stool to get them already a foot or two higher up the hill so they might be able to just grab the top and lift themselves. Both Santiago and Benjamin are able to make it up the cliff. Uh, it's a little rough. Uh, Santiago, in particular, as you grab for the edge, it breaks away and you're able to just barely catch yourself and pull yourself up. Benjamin, you have a little bit of an easier time, um, but still, it uh, feels a little treacherous during part of it. There you are, lads. Um, and then Ooh. I'm going to try and scramble up the wall. Just, if you could give me a hand, that would be appreciated, but don't fall off. I just got you up there. Well, all right, Santiago. We should probably both give him a hand. Hand to get him up a bit quicker. Okay. Yeah. I will say both of all of you guys go ahead. Give me another check. We're gonna spend half the session just trying to get up this hill. <laughs> a two, a two, and a six. Ale, how do you get this man up this hill? Well, what happens? Uh, so I get to grab his hand, and he starts to try to climb. And I start to move away from the edge as he starts to uh, get up. Benjamin, with your two, how do you help him up? I suppose that after Ale got him up a little bit, bit already, Benjamin would 
would reach out his hand to give give Otis's other hand something to grab onto onto when he's already a little higher. He weighs up. And Otis, with your two, how would you say how does the going go for Otis? It's less so climbing and more so just scrambling up the wall until I can get to a point where they can help me and then just kind of rolling myself up the hill. Easily done? I don't climb onto the edge. I just roll over on top of it. You feel quite a bit of the shale break away from underneath you as you're pulled up and over to safety. Uh, but you're now on firm ground. As you look around, you can see the trees just looming over top of you. Well, good work, boys. We're off that accursed beach and away from the ocean. And now we shall spend some time wandering around the forest aimlessly until we find something that we need to give us a roof over our heads. Exactly. What would you guys be doing as you wander aimlessly? You make your way into the woods, and it's the tops of the trees shroud the ground, so that it's dark. Um, not much light makes it through. Um, and what does is tinted this hazy lightish purple like everything else that seems to be looming around there's just not a fog because it's not as thick thick as a thought a fog but feels like a mist that you can barely see i'm trying to get my crappy lighter to work but since i was just shipwrecked i'm assuming it's not it's a little waterlogged I'm just trying to get that to work, so hopefully I could start a fire. Benjamin would check to see if any of his notebooks and such are still somewhat intact after the shipwreck, wreck, and just generally find something to take a little note of this weird purple mist. Make an investigation check for me. Yes. Yeah, so I suppose my observation specialty should help you. Sure. And it's a two. A two? You don't find much that's not waterlogged. What would you say is one item that would be saved? I wouldn't say something made of paper, because most of that is soap. What's something else in your backpack? Or in your bag. I suppose all that will remain, man, is probably a few pens, pens, and perhaps that's that's one random novelty item like a small compass or this or canteen. What would you say your notepad looks like? Is it a standard notebook or something more personal? It's 
The paper inside is normal as usual, though the cover has a has a bit of a leathery feel to it. You're able to pull it out, and it's mostly soaked through. There's a couple sheets here and there that towards the middle that might be usable, but for the most part, it's wet. Oh, my my notebook. Santiago, what are you doing as you guys take this moment to regroup and reassess? I sit on the ground and I just try to take a look of everything that is around us. Make an investigation check for me. Um, can I get a 2d6? For your profession? Yeah. Six and a one, excellent. You're able to take in all your surrounding. There's a stillness. You don't hear birds. You don't hear the drone of bugs. The only sound you hear is just the wind blowing through the tops of the trees. Now and then, off in the distance, you hear a crack here and there, maybe like limbs breaking. Um, but it's oddly quiet for the most part, a stillness, almost peaceful. Is there anything else that you would do? before all of you move off into the woods. Oh, can I find a stick? Like a hearty sure. whacking stick? Take a look around. Roll an investigation check for me. Oh boy. A hearty whacking stick. My true love. <laughs> Six. Six. Yeah. Easily enough. The trees, they're not bunched together. It's not like a perimeter fence of trees all close-knitted. There's space between each of them. You find a massive limb that's fallen. Um, it's pretty large, but you're able to break off the end of it to make a hardy whacking stick. Worry not, boys. I have us armed and defended. With the tiny twig. It's not tiny. I'll hit you so, with it. Do you think that a stick will help us against the nature? Well, it's better than nothing. Uh, yeah. As somebody who did a, f a few trips to the park for research for, for my cryptid novel, those, those sticks are, are not really going to do much against what nature could throw at you. Sorry. I'm going to hit Benjamin with the stick. Benjamin, are you doing anything about this? And Benjamin would just be unfazed. Phased while pulling an annoyed look look at him. Well, then, know, it's a, yeah, it's a hearty whacking stick. Otis, you whack him with your hearty whacking stick. 
I'll let you narrate, you two narrate how it goes. I mean, Otis, he's just slightly past his prime, and this is a hardy whacking stick. So for a stick, it hurts. But it is a stick. Yeah, Benjamin just stares at, at Otis with a completely unamused expression. You see? This... I could kill a man. And the only thing you can kill with that stick it, it is, is your integrity. You, you know, insults don't work so well when you stutter, Benny. Yeah, I always had a little bit of a stutter. Workshop it. I'm sure it'll be great in a book, assuming we survive this because of my hearty whacking stick. If we survive, it would be of no help by the, the stick. Yeah, you will eat those words. <sighs> I suppose we just keep wandering then. I'm keeping the stick. I think at the end of your playful, aggressive banter to each other, you hear the sound of a telephone ring somewhere out there in the woods. Benjamin's face lights up saying, wait, a telephone? Here? Here? Yeah, why is a telephone in the woods? Or is it? No, no, no. This is real. Oh, I know that there's everything the ship that can't be. Uh, let's follow the noise. Uh, don't you want to think if we should follow the noise? What if it's a trap or something? On one hand, there's no reason why a telephone should be out this far in the woods. On the Isn't... other hand, we don't have any other leads towards anything mm. other than said telephone. Well, we shall go then. Just don't do anything to me with that stick. You see, Santiago rightfully fears the stick. Santiago, you're really scared of a stick? It's, it's a hardy stick. Well, you gotta listen, so I don't want to mess with him. Uh, Alright. Uh, let's, uh, let's listen a bit closer to where that telephone would be, be coming from. Everyone go ahead and roll an investigation check. Four. Seven. Two. Two. Well, it's not difficult to find it, even though the sound echoes around. It throws Santiago off for a second. Um, but Otis and Benjamin, you're able to pick up on the sound. Sounds like it's coming maybe from your left and ahead into the further into the woods. 
we have no other leads. Let's go that way. Very well. I will lead the charge with my hardy whacking stick. The phone rings for a minute or so before ending abruptly during one of the tones. Um, there's several minutes of silence before you hear the ringing again. It sounds like it's shifted. Now it's off to your right, still ahead of you, but it's moved. Either a teleporting phone, or there's now two phones. Uh, me, again, we have no leads, but now, oh, I'm ever so slightly worried we're about to engage in a wild goose chase. Well, do you want to chase geese, or do you think we should just ignore it? I mean, this one time, maybe I'll follow the telephone again, but if it leads to another silence and another other completely random direction, then we would probably just go back to shelter searching. I'm down. That sounds reasonable. You move on. It takes another couple minutes or so. The phone doesn't stop ringing. Uh, as it grows louder, you come around a particularly large tree, uh, and then down in a dip, there's just a phone box sitting there, little and yellow uh, and ringing. Do you think we should pick it up? Well, well, if, well, if this phone, phone box falls any sort of normal logic, this could be your connection back to civilization. I highly doubt that. However, we did follow the phone. We, we're already here. Yes. You have to be, have to be in a story that's act, written by someone like yours truly for this to have any sort of, sort of true negative effect. In fact, he says this as Benjamin picks up the phone. You hear a gruff male voice on the other side. Hello, is this Professor Van Adams? Well, uh, no, and, and, and given how this telephone one has been found in the middle of the woods, I'm not quite sure if, if the professor you're looking for is going to find it anytime soon. Oh, so he's not there then. Well, that's a shame. If you talk to Professor Van Adams, let me know. I'm, we need him. Uh, I suppose it, those, those, we could find him, Kim, though it would take a lot of time given where we're at. Wait, who is this? Benjamin Hello? Ed Hello? Are you there? Professor? Yeah. 
Now, I'm here, Benjamin Anderson, though the professor you're searching for or doesn't seem to be around here right now. Oh, good, it's you. Next time, get someone else to answer the phone, or just answer it yourself. Look, there's not a lot of time, all right? We'll need you to be candid. Did you accept our proposal for the project, yes or no? What? <laughs> Uh, memories running a little dry. Can you recap the project? Look, I don't want to be messing around right now, all right? It's you and Vandershire. Nobody else. We don't know what you'll find there, but... Look, everyone else at the moment is preoccupied with war efforts. We need you, or else there's no project. You understand? Uh, oh. Of course. You're a good man. I hope to talk to you soon. Um, send us communiques on the regular. God be with you. Uh, okay. And there's a clip. Benjamin then turns to the uh, turns to Otis and says, "Well, apparently that phone was connected to someone at the military. It must have." They were saying something about a proposal about scouting, scouting this, using this island, island to help out during during some kind of war. The, the war is over. I, I know that, but there must be some kind of weird conflict if, like for that kind of conversation to find ourselves out here. <laughs> or you know. We're on a strange island after singing people sunk our ship and there is a snake cloud storm and a teleporting phone called us. Perhaps the war isn't real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, pardon me, I guess I... This I haven't quite processed all that fully. <laughs> okay, let, let's just find some shelter. Shelter, this is uh, starting to, hard to get to me. Fair enough. It'll make a great book later. As you guys turn away, the phone starts ringing again. I just slowly look at Benny like... Do you think we should pick it up? Well, the last time was with the military, so if anyone picks it up, it probably should be you this time. You might make a little bit more sense out of it. Very well. Santiago, any thoughts? Um, just answer it. I... I'll answer it then. Hello? Is this Professor Van Adams? No. Well, where is he? I don't know. I don't know Van Adams. Look, we need to talk to him. Put him on. We don't have time for delay. I just take the phone away from my head and cover the mic a little bit. Either of you know Van Adams, a professor Van Adams? No. No, I don't. 
you hear the phone start to talk without you talking into it. Oh, good, you're here. Look, we don't have time to dilly-dally. Are you accepting our proposal or not? I'm not gonna say anything. It continues to say, not word for word, but almost the exact same thing that it just said to Benjamin. Then I'm just gonna put it down. He didn't... He just said things. He didn't listen to my responses. I didn't say anything, and he... Well, what did it say to you? Anything about the proposal, the war? Yeah, he said the exact same things. And I didn't respond to any of it. Whoa. I don't think there's a real man behind that. Or if there is, he's completely insane. Santiago, can I get you to make an investigation check for me? Okay. Uh, 1d6 or 2? Um, go ahead and do 1d6, but add an additional die, which will be your insanity die. Okay. So a two and a three? Yeah. As your insanity die was your higher die, unfortunately, you do gain a tick of insanity. So you will go up to... Oh, actually, no, no, no. You roll. Go ahead and roll 1d6. And if it is above a one, you will gain one tick of insanity. Okay. It's a one. You don't, you, you're managed to keep your calm. I will describe to you a scene and I want to know how you react. As you're listening to them talk, you casually glance over at the wind, one of the windows on the police phone box, not police phone box, just the telephone box. And you can see a reflection in it. What do you think at that moment as you're just looking at yourself? Uh, does that reflection look like me? It does. You look like you've been through a lot. Like life has not treated you very kindly. Um, so I start to rewind about what mm-hmm. happened this last time, uh, I mean, this last day. What stands out to you the most about this last day you've had? Uh, the moment where I kill Elaine. Mm. As you're sitting there, not sitting standing there looking in, you can see in the mirror just the events as they play out. You see your hand, you see Elaine's face, 
you see, you feel the pressure in your finger as you pull the trigger. You see the look of relief that it's over. And then you see in the mirror that the reflection isn't yours anymore, but it's her face. And then there's a loud gunshot in the distance, and it's gone. Everyone hears the gunshot. Oh, boy. We got company. Honestly, after the telephone shenanigans and the sandstorm, or, well, snake storm, really, really, the a gunshot isn't really that 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 crazy for what we've heard today. Well, it's not crazy, but it's a little more reliably deadly. Yeah. Wait, uh, till we try to before we go lost again in the nothing. Don't you think that is a good idea if we call try to call someone with the phone? Well, any fo helpful phone numbers do you remember? Because I have a feeling 911 is not going to fully understand our predicament. Well, no, but do you know someone near our destiny was? I got nothing. No one in I don't know any numbers in Europe, and all my family would be too far away for a phone box in the Atlantic. Yeah, me too. We could try 911. Worst case scenario, we talk to the strange man lost in time. Mm -hmm. Just, okay, try it. I'm gonna try 911. You dial in the numbers, just the chick, chick, chick of the rotary dial. It's the only sound you guys hear. You hear a dial tone start to ring. Um, and then a voice comes on. Otis, if you had called 911 in the past, who would have answered? Um, probably, I don't know, whoever was on call for the local station, uh, a town away, so no one I really knew. You hear a voice, <laughs> young, feminine, sounds like an operator. Hello, 911, what's your emergency? Uh... We're lost in the woods. Lost in the woods? Here, let me pat you over. Mm. And you hear a crackling sound and a hissing. And then you hear her voice come back on. 911, what's your emergency? And make an observation check for me or investigation. All right. Mm 
One. Oh, I roll um, one today. You. She responds to you, and you don't see anything different. You don't notice anything different. Um, Santiago and Benjamin, you see the phone box piece by piece falling apart. And it's not falling down to the ground. It's boards, nails, bolts just disappearing piece by piece. Um, are you seeing this? Or I'm going crazy, maybe. But um, Anyone? Dude. Do anyone? Did me and Iago notice that? Yeah, you and Santiago see it. Otis, you don't. You don't notice anything around you. You hear the lady asking you again what your emergency is. Well, uh, okay, this is a little concerning. As the phone box starts to fall apart, I have to, let's see. Otis, you feel a warmth on your elbow. Not like a numbness, not like something noticeable, but something casual. I'll just take a quick look. Oh, boy. Six. Six. Take a point of harm. As Benjamin Santiago, you see what looks almost to start like a blister on his elbow, but then starts to turn red and peel away, uh, and then you see blood. Well, I have a jacket on, so you wouldn't really see anything other than just blood. I would say, yeah, no, you wouldn't see anything then. Um, and notice you don't feel anything. Uh, <laughs> I don't see nothing until the blood really starts flowing. Wait, uh, oh my God. notice there's a, a little bit of, of blood dripping from your jacket. Huh. I'm just going to put the phone down. I think that's a dead end. 911. I'm just going to take my... Roll up my sleeve a bit to see if anything, you know, looks like I got cut or something. You step out of the phone box, and now you see it falling apart. Um, piece by piece, just disappearing and fading away. Um, as you inspect your elbow, you see that it just looks like... A piece of skin, like a layer of skin is not there. Um, and it's bleeding. Oh, that that's not good. Um, don't go in phone boxes here. It doesn't end well. I'm just gonna... I, I don't know. I don't know what to do about this. I I think we need to find shelter and and 
No, no more phone boxes. Okay, I understand. Uh, anyways, any idea of how we can start to search for the shelter? It seems that we're back to just wandering around and hoping we would find something useful. When we do that, I'm going to drag my stick on the ground to make just like a little trail in the dirt. Finally, it has an use. You had a reason. Could still hit somebody with it. The trail seems to be a far more useful, useful ability of the stick than just whacking people with it. It's a multi-purpose stick. They trained you, you in the war for for something, and what you came out of it is that a, a measly stick is a weapon. I. I was a pilot. You don't see okay, a plane yeah, around that, here, do you? We're not going to have this conversation again. Sorry, but no. I don't want to. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's let's just keep going. Any specific direction you want to wander? North, south, east, west? Uh... The idea is not from whatever we, whatever direction we came from, so mm. if we were heading south on the coast and then headed inland north? Okay. Yeah, so you continue to wander inland. Oh. I want someone to try and roll an investigation check, or all of you can, to see who's helming this exploration. Three. Three. Uh, three. All right. So let's say neither, none of you are able to really pick up anything specific, any directions. Um, it all starts to feel like the same large forest. Um, as you wander, you hear a sound in the distance. Um, it sounds like music. Oh, great. Music. After, after what landed us into the situation, they had, it had to be music. We want to even try, or are we just gonna assume it's the same thing that sunk the ship? I suppose we could just walk past it. Alright. But I'm not answering any phone box calls. As you continue to walk, you hear the music. It seems to be coming from north of your location, further up, 
I guess this would be up the coast. Um, the song is definitely familiar. And as you listen to it, nothing happens to you. But you then pick up another song and another song and another song, all similar, all the same, um, but different, slightly out of tune. Why are there so many variants of this song? It's not even that good. Because it's a creepy island with disappearing phone boxes and purple snake clouds and disappearing elbows. Okay. I as someone who write write is these ghost stories, usually these sort of things have like a connecting theme. Connecting theme. Yeah. But even with Vague hint standards, and it's, there seems to be a bit of a disconnect here. There's music. There's there's some phone calls related to ooh, a military job. There's purple skies. There's not like what? Yeah, the connecting thing is it's all in the same space. Like maybe we're the connecting thing. It's affecting us. Wait, that hold on. I think you're onto something. Did did that since you're a veteran, did that phone call sound familiar to anything you've done in the on in your time? No. Scientists working in a lab during the war? That's a dime a dozen. Anywhere. Any R and D setup will have scientists. Working in a lab on the war. You hear... I wasn't even in the Atlantic. As you're talking, in the distance, there's the sound of a massive splitting of wood. And for the quick of you, who are able to look, you see way off in the distance... One of the trees shaking. Do we... A woodsman? It's... Once again, we... It seems like we just... Just investigate whatever strange thing happens. Either that or get lost in the woods. Onward. As you move closer, there's a moment's pause, and then you hear the sound of breaking wood again, and a tree further away begins to shake. Oh, and doing this again. Get once more, it. even further away. Well, at least this time it's not a phone box. Maybe it is. Maybe there's a phone box chopping down trees. 
Yeah, as no, you... that would be a pretty ridiculous, ridiculous. Let's let's just follow this the trail of the shaking trees. As you follow this movement, the songs get louder. They grow in numbers. Now it sounds more like a chorus of music, all singing together. And then there is a second and a moment where a tree shakes off in the distance and you hear one of the songs change slightly. And then there's a violent thudding sound and the song stops and a scream cuts through just everything around you. It is loud and it is piercing and it is in pain. Oh my God, are the trees singing? Trees are alive. Hey, Phil, why wouldn't they be aching to music? Do we want to go to the screaming? I personally don't. However, what else are we going to do? Yeah, that attitude seems to sum up of my feelings about the majority of things we've done today. In fact, already lost an elbow. What's, what, what more is there to lose? Well, our minds, for starters. Yeah, I lost that, too. Are you guys continuing your trek towards the screaming and singing? I am. I am. All right. As you continue to move closer, the screaming intensifies. It's no longer one person, then there's two, then three, then four. And the music continues, and it grows in number, and the chorus of both continues to rise and rise, um, echoing through the trees. You don't see anything different. The woods are just the same as they are. You do come to one of the trees that you had seen the shaking in before. And there's fallen limbs around the base of it. There's what? Tree limbs. I'm Big one, more branch. Up. What was that? I'm going to look up the tree to see if I can see where the limbs were cut. Make an investigation check. Three. Three. You can see about a hundred feet up. There. Are 
are several broken branches. Quite a few, actually. Um, you don't know how many. You don't know how badly they were broken. Hmm. Whatever's chopping those down is way up. Benjamin and Santiago, is there anything you're wanting to do now? No. No. No? Then where will you guys go from here? You can hear the screaming and singing further down um, in the direction that you were going. I'm heading towards the screaming and singing. I suppose we'll just follow. Yeah, going to follow. As you turn that direction, there's a rustling in some bushes up ahead of you, off near one of the trees. I draw the stick. Bushes part quickly with speed as a figure stumbles out running in your direction, not looking towards you, but looking behind. I'm going to look behind them as well. You don't see anything. They don't turn towards you. They just continue running um, straight at you. Is there anything you guys are going to do before they run into you? Uh, brace. Yeah, I suppose I'll brace and try to get out of the way ever so slightly. Okay. Um, this figure slams right into Otis and is knocked onto their back. Um, and you can see that it is Stubbs Riley. Oh, you little bastard. He turns to look up at you and you see panic. Um, before on the ship, he gloated. And when things turned south, he was terrified. And now as you look at him, there's nothing behind his eyes but sheer fear. He is terrified. He doesn't say anything to you. He just starts to get up and prepares to run again. Uh, can I just step on his chest and just push him back down and just pin him? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, make a check for me. We'll do this uh, UV him. Can I get my profession dice? Yeah. Nice. Four and a two. He got a four. Um, you managed to grab him and knock him down, but he grabs onto you and pulls you down at the same time. Uh, and it's the, like a death grip. He's not letting go of you. He's got you by both shoulders. I mean, he's just holding on, staring at your face. Dubs, what's going on? 
He doesn't say anything. He just continues to stare, not at you, but through you. Um, and then you watch as his eye goes glossy and then just seems to start to disappear. And then put one of his teeth and then other parts just fading away. And then you see just him as a whole starts to disappear. I'm going to try and push him off me. Okay. It becomes easier. His hands aren't holding him to you anymore. And you watch as he just falls backwards. And like sand that you kicked, he's just gone. Oh, I don't like this place. I really don't like this place. Uh, you hear more screaming from behind you. I don't think I want to see what that is anymore. Though Benjamin would probably look look in the direction that's behind Otis. You see a figure burst through the trees. Not on the opposite side of where Stubbs had come through. Running just hell-mell all out. Straight towards you guys. Oh, not again, as Benjamin nudges out of the way. Yeah, Does it look you like watch his... Oh, yeah, go Stubbs. ahead. Yeah, you see Stubbs Riley just run straight towards you and look like he's just going to run right through you. I'm just going to step out of the way then. He runs past and off into the woods. So I think we got some weird time stuff going on here. Between the telephone that talked about a past war and double stubs. And that 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 song again and is on top of all this. Oh boy, we're in for a doozy of a ride, aren't we? Santiago, how are you doing in all of this? I'm shocked. I'm with I with Pierre. I'm just looking at them all the way. You feel pressure on your heart. Panic gripping your chest. Make one roll one D six for me. Okay. In fact, all of you roll 1d6 for me. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy. Ooh. Five. I also got a five. Two fives. Mm-hmm. LA, uh, what's yours? Um, one. One. Ale, you're the only one to keep your wits about you. Otis and Benjamin... First off, you guys are going to gain a point of insanity. <laughs> but then describe to me how you are reacting inside your heads. Yeah, Benjamin is trying in his best authorist brain to figure out some connective pattern, some tissue, some sort of theme of 
of all the stuff in this island for it to it all to somewhat make sense, but that's but there is none that he can find. Oh, we're just we're so screwed. <laughs> it's so over. Otis is not making it out of this. He is barely certain about it. What I would like joyful. Santiago to make an investigation check for me. Okay. I nice. got over. As you're standing there, taking everything in, you see off in the distance a flicker of movement, something large, rushing up. And then you see the tops of one of the trees shake very violently. Uh, let's just keep moving along. Well, I don't think we'll be even be able to reach up to see what's above the trees. Is anyway. Onward with the joyous death march. Uh. I, I got it. I just understand what is going on and I maybe have a clue about it. Don't you think that we first should run and get a safe place? I don't like this anymore. Well, it's either this forest or that beach. I, I'm not quite sure if there really is a reliable safe place that we found yet. Anyone remember where we came from? Dick path. Oh. Well, what are you guys going to do? Listen, I continue the death march. I got some ideas of maybe what is going on. Do you remember? Uh, the people going insane in the ship? The uh, controlled ones by the fishman, yes? Yeah. Well, it was not the fishman. Uh, maybe there was more, uh, something bigger that was controlling each of them. Uh, and everything's connected because the singing people is here too. Um, the guy who tried to do something to you before, I uh, was acting the same as the ones in the ship. Uh, and the phone. I might not telling everything to you. I don't know why 
that name sounds familiar to me, but I don't know where. Uh, but yeah, I think that everything here has a reason. Does any of you is, I don't know, we're paying something maybe? This is our, or maybe we're dead and this is the afterlife. I don't want to spend my afterlife with Benny over here. No offense, Benny, but you know. Benny just looks at him with a, and with a stern face. Well, yeah, whatever. But yeah, that is the only thing that I can come up with. There is a loud crunching sound as one of the trees a few hundred feet closer shakes violently at its top. Benjamin just looks up for a bit at the check. Are you trying to see what's up there? Yeah, just to see what's up there. Rolling investigation. A four. A four. The trees are dark. And as you look, you take note that Compared to all the other trees in their foliage tops, that tree has a very thick canopy that is moving ever so slightly. But the tree isn't moving to wind. The tree itself is rocking slightly to the movement at the top. Yeah, Benjamin just looks down and just just tries to awkwardly walk past the tree. It's still a good like five or six hundred yards away. It's off in the distance. Yeah, just he would probably just ignore the tree after that check. Because at this point, he's not even sure if he even wants to know what's up there. Is everyone following? Probably. Yeah. You begin to move in that direction. The screaming is still sounding out, and it's spreading to your left and your right. It feels like you're walking into um, a, crier, a choir of pain, uh, an agony of wounded people. There is music still singing out. As you're moving, you see off to your right, up in the distance a little bit, Stubbs, again, just singing and casually laughing to himself. And he just kind of walks and disappears behind a tree. And then off ahead of you, uh, one of the Stubbs runs just with panic again off across your horizon. 
you see another Stubbs. This one also happily singing to himself. Walk just from your right, towards your left, across your horizon a few hundred feet away. Also a few hundred feet from the tree that had been shaking. And you watch as it shakes once again, rocking back. And then a massive shape just cannon bolts to the ground. The stubs that have been laughing to itself disappears under this cloud of dust and shadow. I'm going to hide behind a tree. Benjamin would also hide behind a tree, but can't help but to slightly tilt its head to get a look at the figure. Okay. Make an investigation check for me. Four. Four. The shape is partially obscured by bushes. You see a tail far longer than anything you've seen. Not like a dog or a cat's tail. Almost reptilian. But there's something else strange about it. Just kind of sweep out back from behind the bushes. Um, and then start to move away from you. God, what kind of, what is that? You see a Stubbs running in panic, run past you guys and off to your left again, away from you, and suddenly there's a blur of motion and just a thudding, crunching sound as a cloud of smoke picks up from its location. It dashes across the horizon just in a blur of motion, uh, and then the screaming stops from the other stubs. Otis is just trying to stay as still and as quiet and as behind the tree as he possibly can. Yeah, honestly, Benjamin would stop looking and just curl up behind the tree. Hmm. In this moment, what are you guys thinking about? What's going through your heads? Where do your minds We're go? Being hunted. Honestly, Benjamin's imagination is going wild of what that figure could be. Hmm. What about you, Santiago? Um, thinking about where the name, uh, if I can recognize the name of the doctor. Of Dr. Uh, Van Adams? Yeah. Um, roll an investigation check for me. Nine. Six. You think back. 
the name brings a bell, but not in relation to any mystery you've explored. Do you remember a newspaper paper clip that you had seen? Just one of those things that found its way into your office um, about a scientist who had disappeared many years ago. Uh, it was remnants from your previous partner, uh, one of his old clippings. Okay. As the screaming, the sound of whatever this creature is moving around in the distance behind you, you feel just a tingle of something. For all of you, in the back of your minds, in the back of your head, it's not something you recognize. But in this moment of panic, you feel like it's listening. What would you guys like to do? Nothing. The most nothing possible. Mm. Yeah, Benjamin would just probably just try to try to get his mind at peace. As you are there, you hear a crashing sound. And the dust blows in from around the tree. Um, you feel that the thing has moved again. And then there's another crunching, trashing sound as a massive white object falls through the tops of the trees ahead of you. Just an object? You can make an investigation check if you'd like to know what it is. I got a seven. Wolf. It is the hull of a boat. Now, it's not a full boat, and it seems to be only part of it, maybe a top part of a top deck, um, and a little bit of hole underneath it but you do see a name on the side um the name of the boat is the old man how about we take our break there it's about that time
You have just witnessed a boat fall from the sky and crash down in front of you. You hear the sound of screaming and singing everywhere. Uh, and there's a beast somewhere in the woods behind you. What are you going to do? As on one hand, unhand seeing the ship that almost sank or saw in front of us is a really bad omen. But on the other hand, and this is the closest thing we can find for shelter for miles. I'm going to look at Benjamin and just kind of like panically uh, gesture towards the hole of the boat like there. Yes. Yes, I hate to say it, but in terms of shelter from both the storm and that thing, this seems to be all we got. I'm going to start heading towards, towards the hull of the ship kind of quickly and quietly, hoping not to draw the beast's attention. Okay, make a stealth check for me. Or just roll a check and we'll see how stealthy you are. Um, Santiago and Benjamin, are you going to try and stealth your way over as well? Uh, no. No? Six. Nice. Yeah, you're able to make it pretty easily. Seems like the beast has its attention elsewhere. Um, Benjamin and Santiago, what are you guys doing? I, I tried to follow him, but I rolled a two. Oof. You're able to make it a little ways. Well... Santiago, what are you doing? I'm just looking at them. Okay. Yeah, Benjamin makes it about 20 feet before he catches his foot on a runt and stumbles a little bit. Um, it's not a lot of noise, but it is noise. Yeah, no, 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 no. Benjamin tries to go further, but, like, trying to hold his breath and be a bit more careful. Okay. You're able to make it up to the edge of the boat. There's no hole or in... There's no hole in the hull of the boat. Um, but you can climb up over the railing and onto the, do the deck of it easily enough. Uh, and you can see that the lobby area is there. Um, you can make your way inside pretty easily. Well, Benjamin will make his way up there. Santiago, what are you doing as they head into the boat? I'm going to try to clean out. Uh, yeah. Where are you going? I'm going through the... Sorry, I forgot the word. But yeah. I'm no, it's okay. In. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you running over, sneaking over? Uh, How sneaking. are you making your way? Okay. Um, roll a check for me. 1d6. Okay. A three. 
you make it further before uh, you accidentally, well, not accidentally, you just manage to step on some loose branches as you head towards the boat. Um, the crack of the twigs rings out, um, but not louder than the singing. You manage to scramble up over the edge, catching your coat uh, on one of the little scraps of metal at the base, but you're able to rip it and pull yourself back up over and into the lounge. As you enter, I have a question for Benjamin. Tell me, yes. what did your childhood living room look like? It, it was was a bit was mostly just wood just bare wooden walls walls with a very slight rot of the wood 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 a cheap bed frame with some rust on it on it thin sheets of the bed bed a little wooden box where where like a couple of toys would be in 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 and a single window how does Benjamin feel as he enters the lounge only to find no lounge at all, but a very familiar living space that you haven't seen in a long time. Benjamin would feel like a whole tidal wave of a wave of shock and emotion. Would it, This can't be right. I'm supposed to be in a boat right now. It can't be. This can't be home. But it. It's and so Benjamin just just walks around the room, um, trying to process everything. Okay. Santiago, notice you walked through the door of a lounge and into someone's living room. I hate this place. Well, it looks good. That, that's not the... I'm... I'm not insulting the interior decoration. I'm saying this is not what's supposed to be inside the boat. Oh. As much as as much as I I felt like like I would very much like to go home, this is not not what I would have ever meant. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is your living room? Yes. Yes, the bed, the toy box, the window, everything. Uh, somehow that makes it worse. Somehow knowing that it's your living room makes this so much worse. 
Yeah, no, I think that I don't like it. Yeah, Otis, this, I think your theory about, about the memories is becoming more and more plausible. Yeah, um, I think I have a great idea. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to nap on it, sleep on it, and hopefully wake up. I'll either be dead or this will be solved. Dying is a, dying is a bad Dying due to napping inside an and a mysteriously placed bedroom is an odd place to spend your final moments. And, and mysteries don't get solved by just sleeping through them. One can hope. <sighs> I mean, do do you have a better idea? Would you like to go back outside, wherever, whatever the hell that was? Was hunting? Join our good old pally pal dubs. I I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna sit down and start carving. Assuming. I can find any wood or have wood. Hell, I have a stick. Santiago, what are you doing as they converse? Um, I'm just sitting, uh, staring at them, having this conversation again. Okay. Roll a dice for me. One d6. And let's add one to it, just for fun. Santiago or everyone? Santiago. Okay. Oh, one plus one is two. As you said, you sat down. Yeah. As you're sitting there, just kind of watching them discuss. You see just standing off to the side in the center of the room. You. There's a gun in your hand. You're pointing it at a feminine figure of Elaine. What do you think as you see this just there in front of you? Um, in my past, and how everything is uh bring me up here 
as you sit there, you watch as you pull the trigger again. You watch yourself fire that shot. You watch as Elaine turns and looks at you and speaks. I don't blame you, you know. Well, I didn't knew you. I, it wasn't fair for you. I, I think that it was my fault, you know. I bear you no ill will. You had no way of knowing that I was not in control of my own mind. I know, but I should. I got, I don't know. I didn't know what I had to do. I'm just so sorry. And I'm tired of these two speaking all the way about stupid things. I don't want to be here anymore. Wait, do you are really here? Uh, do they can hear you? I'm not sure. I have no way of knowing. Wait, uh, hey guys, uh, we're only the three of us here, right? Well, you know, there's good old stubby stub outside and whatever's haunting him, if you want to count them. Well, I'm talking in this shape, in this whatever this is. Is there anyone other than us in the ship? Uh, no, I'm, I'm just... Yeah, never mind. They can't see me. Huh. Fascinating. Well, it's not. You're dead. Well, it will be good if I am dead. Because I don't have to hear this too. And everything will be alright. Hold on, hold on though. You can see me. They might, They may not be able to, but they can see you. That means... You're not dead, but I know I am. I felt the bullet. Well, thanks. Again, I don't blame you. I was rather relieved to be free of whatever it was that had taken over my brain. Oh. Well, it's good. To have someone to talk again, because these two, ah, I can't with them anymore. Yes, I've I've been listening. <laughs> Glad to not be the only one. I find it quite entertaining, though. Anyways, do you have any idea? Of what is going on? I think I only know as much as you do. I 
had a flash of a second where we locked eyes before I died that I... I can remember, but I don't, I don't remember anything after that. I see. Well... I think that it's good to be to have another one for the group. I don't care if they can see you. Or maybe this is an illusion. How do I know that you are real? I don't know that you can know. I don't know if I'm real. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Benjamin. As Otis settles down to whittle, and Santiago just sits on the couch, kind of staring off into space, what'll you do? Honestly, I think I'll probably open the toy box to see if if the few wooden toys I had of a kid were also there. Yeah? Yeah. There's a small toy horse. A wooden duck. What other things are in there that you remember? Things that mean, mean something to you. Well, it would also be a, be, be a, a like a wooden boat, 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 a boat, boat, that weird doll head that always creeps me out, and that that lone little teddy bear with an ar- missing arm. Mm. Arm. And, and despite the missing arm, that. It there it helped me get through a lot of nights as a kid. Huh? You find them all there. But roll an investigation check for me. A seven. As you pull out these toys. You recognize them, the, the, the toys from your childhood. But how can they be here? Because this is not your childhood. This is your home. At least it seems like it. And as you look, as you see these toys, there are little things that are wrong. Like the smudge at the end of an edge of a memory where you can barely remember a detail. There are little wrong details here and there among the toys. Yeah, Benjamin would hyperfixate on the details for just a short moment. Mm-hmm. The head, it resembles the head you remembered as a child, but the eyes are wrong. Wrong color. 
slightly wrong shape. The toy boat. It's the wrong shape. Different type of boat. There are small details like that. Benjamin then takes a moment to walk around and notice and look out for any wrong details elsewhere in the room. Okay. The window that you remember has a full sheet of glass in it, where before, I think you remembered it was broken. Counters, different type, still old, still faded. The door itself has a different design on it. It's all close enough that at a glance, even at a, a good look, it looks like your family home. Uh, everything's just not quite there. Every everything's so close, close to what I remember, but it's just off. All right. And honestly, all of these details just make Benjamin more and more uncomfortable and. Well, I can't shake the feeling that there is that there is something or thing like, like under the surface of this of this room. Right. As you look around the room, you notice off in one corner a door. It wasn't there back in the day. Benjamin, despite a mental struggle of wanting to leave, but also curious of what is going going on with this place, just somewhat reluctantly, while breathing heavily, opens that door. Down it is a flight of concrete stairs. The walls are thick and gray and heavy. There's no wood, no character. I'm going to go down a bit. Yeah, go ahead. Benjamin turns his head towards head towards Otis and just says, D -d -d does anybody else notice this? this? Does anybody else want to be with me? With me as I check to see what's under these weird stairs? I mean, I sure, sure. Whatever. I'll go check out the weird stairs in the displaced living room. Yeah, like these stairs are not, never here. Here are my actual home. Well, we are on a boat. That's not your actual home. Or what's left of a boat. And so Benjamin takes his first steps down the stairs. As you turn away and then turn back, in the blink of that moment, the stairs change. Now they resemble dirt and mud and rut. 
Otis above anyone would recognize this. It's a trench. A common sight during the war. There's a concrete ceiling above it. But it is a stair leading into a trench. Oh, boy. What what is this now? Uh, that would be a trench. That, that there's a, that's a trench. Is this a trench that you fought in? Like, the previous room was an ever so slightly off, off replica of my, my childhood home. Oh, yeah. I was in a couple of trenches, but my fight was mostly in the air. Over the ocean. Well, do I recognize this trench? You do not. Uh, But no, this one's new to me. Well, maybe, maybe there could be a plane that could be you in the sky or something. Do I see a plane in the sky? Well, do I see my plane in the sky? Nope. You see the roof of a house above you. Well, uh... You'd hear a plane, and I certainly don't even see the sky, so... Uh, Can I go in the trench? I'm going in the trench. Yeah? Benjamin falls in the trench. Santiago, will you be following them or will you be staying in the living room? I'm going to follow them. Okay. As the three of you make your way down the stairs, you find that the trench, it's a short section of trench, only like a dozen feet or so. Um, it's a concrete roof overhead, which is abnormal from our normal trenches. Um, but it does connect. You see a large wooden door closed in front of you. I'm going to open it. You open it, and there's you're greeted by the sound of gunfire, um, uh, the sound of carbines firing. Um, it's a dark room, and you see a couple of figures huddled inside. It looks to be the interior of a pillbox. <laughs> I hate this. This is awful. A pill box? It's a bunker. Oh. Sorry, military bunker. The the walls are made of sandbags. You see the back wall of the room uh is boarded up mud to keep it from falling in. Uh, There's like a timber roof over top. You can see mud kind of seeping through a little bit. And there's a pair of figures inside. Do the figures look like they notice us? They do not. Well, then I guess I'm going to move in more. Okay. Anyone who wants to 
go ahead and make an investigation check. Four. Nice. Six. As you come into the room, you can take everything in. Um, it's night outside. There's a slit window. Um, the pair of men are dressed in military uniforms. Um, they're grimy, covered in dirt and suit. Soot. Um, they've got a pair of rifles that they're looking out the window. Um, and you can hear explosions, the sound of artillery fire outside. Um, it's the middle of a battle in here. Can I tell what military uniform it is, like what country they are from? Yeah, they seem to be from, they seem to be British. Do we notice any like name tags or indicators of rank? Make an investigation check. Five. Five. Um, you see that one is a colonel, um, and the other just looks to be a private. You see the insignia on one uh, is Leary, and on the other is Vandeshire. The colonel seems to be in his 30s. He's grizzled. He looks like he's been through a long night of fighting. The private looks scared and is also in his 30s, strangely enough. Both men are sweating, covered in mud and dirt and grime. They're emaciated. They look like they've been here a long time. Can I look at the window and see if I recognize the battle? Yeah. Let's see. What was your previous investigation? It was a four? Yeah. You through the pick the the night sky, you can't really tell. It's too dark. There's too much chaos going on outside. There's flashes of light, the rolling sound of explosions. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, this is. I don't. Uh, I hate this place so much. Is there a way out of the pillbox? Just the way you came? Well, As you're standing there, go ahead and say something if you'd like. Well, this is a dead end. And I was going to start heading back out the door, but, you know. As you turn away, you hear the sound of several shots, one firing off the back. Uh, pinging off the rock behind the soldiers. Another one uh, ricocheting close to you guys. Uh, 
and a third. You hear a small thud as the colonel falls backwards, uh, hands clutching at his chest. Um, he just starts to gasp. He can't get words out. The private turns to him and just starts like panically trying to apply pressure to the wound. Otis just takes off his hat and watches solemnly. Benjamin just stands there observing all this. Private tries to keep his colonel alive. And you watch the minutes go by as he does everything he can. But then he sits back. You see tears roll down the side of his face. And he just reaches over and closes the man's eyes and then turns away back towards the window because the night's not over. I'm leaving the pillbox. Benjamin follows him as he leaves the leaves the pillbox. Santiago. I'm going just to stay where I am. Okay. As Benjamin and Otis leave, Santiago, Elaine, what's going through your head? So, what should we do? Any idea? That was heartbreaking. I don't want to watch anything like that ever again. Uh, no, I will watch it a few times more, maybe. I don't know. Okay, yeah, bad joke. Uh, anyways, I'm just confused about this. Uh, do you have, now that we have seen everything, I think that that guy has the right uh, of what he's talking about, about the memories. So if everything is correct, uh, next is me, right? Stands to reason, yes, that the next memory would be yours. Huh. What could it be? I only hope that it's not a Spanish one, because you're not going to understand. But, yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, we should follow them. That sounds like a good plan. Otis and Benjamin. You leave the stairs. What's going through your guys' minds? Do you say anything to each other? Otis, I'm not sure. saying anything. Otis, are you sure that incident in the bunker wasn't anything you had in that rings any bells, bells to you? 
Those were British soldiers in a battle I don't recognize. Uh, that's not my side of the war. I mean, well, we didn't see it. Maybe they were hiding from, hiding from a, from an air raid, one that maybe you were in. Like it would only make sense that after a mem, after we essentially go through one of my memories, that that would be one of yours. Unless it was someone else on the island. I. Well, you're I the flew over. Military person, I know who that's on this island. Who else could it be? It's a big island. I flew yeah. over Japan. I don't know why British soldiers wouldn't be on the British front. But, um, that doesn't make sense if any else is here. Because, uh, he should be near us. Otherwise, it, we are only three in this island. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know those guys. Well, it's not mine. I don't remember anything like that. I don't remember anything like that either. Well... That nap sounded more tempting by the horrifying event. Let's let's just get back up these stairs. Amen. You too. Exit the stairs above Santiago. You see a figure standing in the middle of the room over in the kitchen. Not in the middle, over by the kitchen. He looks like he's applying a bandage to his face. Benjamin tries to look at, at the man and a bit more closely. You see... A very familiar yellow shirt. There's blood stained on it now. And as he notices you, he suddenly reacts and pulls a gun. And you see that it's Stubbs Riley. Oh, Christ on a stick. Stubbs is all all over this freaking island. It's you. What? 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 Me? Uh, why? Why are you here? I, I'm on the. Yeah, I was shipwrecked onto this place. <sighs> Back off! Get out! Get out! Stay away! And you see that he's very much in pain. Yeah. Does he like actually see us? See us. He's looking right at you guys. The gun's leveled at you. 
Yeah, Benjamin just raises his hands a little bit and just backs off a little bit. You think this Stubbs is the real Stubbs? Well, given by how we arrived to this island, this Stubbs seems to be in the most realistic position. Position compared to all the others we've seen. Very well. Stubbs, what the hell is going on? Is there anyone else with you? Uh, that's none of your business. It's all of my business! No. This effect, it's just the three of us. Three? What do you mean, three? Me, me, Otis, and Santiago. Where's that brat? Get him up here. Oh, he's down there. Well, get him up here. I don't control Santiago. Uh, you better. Just. Otis, just try to. Come down. Benjamin that goes over and is sort of stares a bit say, hey, Santiago, will you mind going. Coming back up a bit here. Wait, uh, there is a problem. What? Santiago, if you want, you can roll an investigation check. You want me to roll one, too? It's up to you. I You are... Together on this, you can either help him or uh, stop him. I would say that his perception check is enough to get you the same knowledge. Perfect. Santiago and Elaine, you hear yelling up top. Very painful, familiar yelling. Do you hear that, too? Elaine is struck by instant fear, recognizing it is the voice that she heard in her head that night. Um, are you okay? I don't want to see him again. I know exactly who that is. Are you sure? I remember the voice clearly. I don't want to walk up those stairs. Well, we have to. If they are searching for me, maybe they need me. Maybe it, this is my memory. All right. If you think that's best. Okay, here we go. We're walking up the stairs. As you guys walk up the stairs, your head presses, or you come through the door. Santiago, or not Santiago, Stubbs. 
you see him give a slight grin and then grimace in pain. Um, Otis, you can see that uh, he quite possibly has a broken jaw from when you punched him before. <laughs> but he turns the gun on you. Well, well, it looks like the rat's still alive. Is this all of you? Last time I checked. Well, other than the other use. Knockoffs, that's all. Ain't nothing like this. Oh, and that beast that's hunting the other other use. That thing. Look, you're going to help me get past that, all right? Yeah. Just walk. He motions with the gun towards the door leading out of the room. Get out of here. Why? Because I need sacrificial lambs, and you're it. What do you mean? There's plenty of yous out there to be the sacrifice. Yeah, I yeah, I think yeah. you got here. Well, I think it's fine fortune for me, my friend. Now move. And and if I don't, you'll shoot me, correct? I will shoot. Yeah, I'll shoot you, and you'll die. Are you sure? You see a, a brief look of, oh crap, maybe not, in his eyes before he gets that painful glare again. Just move out that door now. Sure. I'm just gonna... Otis is just being very smug now. And he just walks out. Benjamin very reluctantly follows him while whispering, Wait, Otis, what are you, what are you doing? Well, you know, I, you know, I just don't, I really can't find a care anymore, you know? I was really kind of hoping uh, Stubbs was just kind of gone. Plus, he's... He's not too confident that that gun will actually do anything. And I just get the funny feeling. It doesn't. Not as he hopes. Well, you have... You really are are starting to lose it. Starting? Uh, I hate it here. As you all move out the door of the ship, who? what's the order? Who's first? Who's second? Who's on third? Otis is first. I suppose I'm on second. I'm third. Okay. He makes sure to stay close to you, Santiago, with the gun definitely pointed at your back. It's nice that we get to meet again, huh? 
Oh, hello, I thought it was over you. Um, do I know you? Oh, it's... Um, Maybe do you I'm have... Sure. Wait, wait, um... You sure that that gun is real? Oh, it's real. Well, it doesn't like that is real. You want me to try it out? I can show you. No, I'm good. I have my own. Oh, well then put it on the ground now. No, no, I, I forgot it in the ship. Put the gun on the ground now. If you got one, put it down. I don't have anything. Are you lying to him? No. Okay. Well, then no check needed. He doesn't believe you. But he seems not to want to press it. Instead, he keeps moving you guys forward. All right. Take a right. Everyone move. And he begins to usher you out into the woods, guiding you in, off towards the east, it seems. Can I make an investigation check? Sure. Is there anything you're trying to find? Just seeing if there's anything useful in my surroundings. All right. Go ahead. Five. Five. There is no branches at hand. You don't have a gun in your pocket. However, off to the left side of your eye, you see a shape moving, swaying slightly at the top of a large tree a few hundred feet off and a few hundred feet up. I want to draw Santiago's attention to the shape. Make sure he sees it too. Do you see that? Yeah, I see it. I got a little bit of a plan in my head, but it's risky. Uh, well, tell me. We could scream to attract its attention and then the three of us run as fast as possible because Stubbs doesn't see it yet. Um, I don't know. Is our only chance? I don't know, it might be too risky. Yeah, um, but I'm not sure if I can do it. I'm 
tired. I haven't eaten something in a while. I don't know if I have, like, if I can do it without any problem. You have a point. Running may not be our best chance. We'll just have to stick it out and see what happens. Okay. Otis and Benjamin, is there anything you guys want to do as you leave the boat, starting to make your way into the woods? Honestly, Benjamin would just keep following Otis and just hope he knows what he's doing. You know, Benjamin, I don't think Stubbs thought this through. Because uh, if he fires that gun, it's going to draw the beast right towards him. With one less meat suit to get in the way. Uh, well, great observation, but... Oh, well. How are you so nonchalant on about this man putting us, at, us to our potential death? Well, for two good little reasons. One, he's leading us somewhere. Which either means he's just as lost as us, or, what I think, he's taking us somewhere. Which is better than nowhere. And two, like I said, if he fires that gun, it draws the thing towards us. So I think... Bad. Well, yeah, but it's also towards him, so he's not going to want to do that. Yeah. Are you hearing any of the stubs? Stubs. Doesn't seem to be paying you much attention. His eyes are upwards, looking and scanning the treetops. Um, as you look back at him, you see his face blanch with fear for a second. Uh, and then he turns to you all. Now, if anything's stupid, and I will shoot the old man and leave him here to die. And draw the thing towards us? Yes. Because now I have you, and if I die, you die too. You're not a bright cookie, are you? Because either way, you die. I don't need to be bright when I have a gun. Yeah, and if you fire it, that thing's gonna kill you. No, it'll kill you, because you won't be able to run. Yeah, and then who do you think it's going after next? Uh, the next one down the line, probably uh, Santiago, or I don't know, the old man. And you're gonna run out of people before that thing runs out of appetite. You, d- oh my God, Stubbs! How many bullets do you have? Do you have enough for more that thing? More than enough. Are you sure? Have you yeah. counted? Things, things just disappear here. You know what? I've almost had enough of this. 
I'm a word, and I put a bullet through his legs. Now move. What are you all going to do? Benjamin I Barrow. suppose I'm moving. And I suppose Benjamin reluctantly keeps moving. He continues to march you through the woods. This lasts for about two minutes as there's the sound of a crunching crack, uh, the whiplash sound of a tree shaking violently, leaves falling from its branches, uh, and the thud of a heavy object hitting another surface behind you guys. Uh, Stubbs looks back for a second and then turns to you, move now or die, and then just starts to run. I suppose we're running then. Let's all make checks for everyone who wants to run. A three. A failed command. Three. That's a lot of threes. I will say, as per the rules of the game, if you wish to risk sanity, you may reroll your die and add the insanity die to it. I'm going to have to pass. Pass. Well, in that case, you guys begin to take off and immediately there's the sound of the ground shaking behind you as something impacts hard on the ground. There's no cry, no screech, no hunting sound of an animal. Um, you all feel the shockwave through your legs. Um, I would say everyone stumbles to the ground. Stubbs falls forward, the gun slipping from his hands. He lets out a panicked cry as he realizes that the end could very well be soon. What are you all going to do? Well, judging as how they're, the bullets falling over doesn't have any permanent damage, I suppose we'll try to uh, get back up and keep on running. Okay. Um, Am I in a position to get the gun? Uh, you were ahead of everyone with him at the back, so you would have to go back to pick it up. 
It's about 20 yeah. feet off from Yeah, no, I'm going to pass. I'm just going to try and put some trays between me, stubs, and whatever the hell that is. Santiago and Elaine? Um, do you want to try to grab the gun? We were the closest. We have the best shot. And if we can shoot him, the thing goes after him and we get away. Okay, let's try it. We making checks normal? Yeah, make a check. I'm going to roll as well. Ooh, yes. That's a six for me. That's Is there... So I'll say this. You book forward. You slide across the ground, grab a hold of the gun, and rise up. And as you rise up, you see a massive head rising up in front of you, parallel to you. Its features are strange, but there are no eyes. It's almost a bird-like head, but the feathers go down to cover the beak. To where it's almost like it has a jaw, and that instead of teeth, it's all bone plating. Feathers cover all across its head, down across wide shoulders, and the whole body seems reptilian as it raises up on its raises up on its front two legs above you, standing twenty feet or more. You see its body tapers back. Uh, two other feet spread wide behind it, and then a long, swooping tail. The whole body is covered in feathers. And you watch as the feathers shift their color from a bright red to a mottled yellow to a dark green. What are you going to do? I, I don't think we shoot this thing and live. I think we gotta go. Um, yeah. We should. Hold on, are we running or shooting? Because I don't think we're gonna win if we fight it. Um... Maybe, yeah, we shall run. You see Stubbs lying on the ground between you two. He's dazed and shakes his head and sees the head before him and stumbles back and then tries to rise and run. Um, if you have an opportunity to do something, this is your chance. I say we shoot in stubs and we take it off. What do you think about that? 
Um, I have a question. Does that can I uh, use two D six to shoot stumps or to what? No, no. Uh, if I shoot him, uh, I can use two D six because of my profession. Uh, yeah, I'd say yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, we're going to try. If you want to risk insanity, you could roll 3d6. Do we want to risk insanity? I think if we're going to risk insanity, we should save it for the running, not the shooting. Okay. Here. Roll six. Where do you shoot stubs? Uh, the leg. You... Describe it to me. Describe what you do. Um, okay. So, as I take the gun, I try to catch an eye on stubs. So I point the gun at his leg and then I shoot him. Yeah. All right. He starts to rise, prepping, preparing himself to run. And then there's the retort of the gun and he stumbles forward to the ground. Um, the creature, its feathers all across its face start to turn this bright red and they billow out like a lion's mane around its neck, and it rises up. And then, from the side, a massive hand, bigger than a person, swoops in, slamming skin stubs, throwing him off to the left. He tumbles and tumbles and rolls, and the creature immediately begins to chase after him. What are you two going to do? You might trigger it to chase us. Let's try to back away slowly. As you begin to move away, you can watch the creature. Dust swirls around it. Colors rippling across its feathers as they change from yellow to red to yellow to red to green to yellow and back and forth and over and over like a technicolor, just like static with color moving across its body. It pounds after skids. You watch as it tosses him up. It's almost like a cat play with a mouse. And you see it go off disappearing behind some trees but you know it's nearby I take it you two will be turning and trying to get out of there yep alright Otis and Benjamin, how far have you run? You know, probably 
about as far as I can. I'm still trying to head east-ish, because that's where Stubbs was sending us. Okay. I believe I'll be running, like, pretty much by side, Otis. Otis, since I've basically been using him as a guide for a good for most of the time. The pair of you run. The sound of singing has nearly gone. The sound of screams still remain. Um, echoing behind you. But getting further and further away. You run, run, slip, fall, almost tumble over a log, fall down, like roll down a ditch, and then come to a thinning in the trees. And there is a clearing. Before you stands a sight that's not strange in comparison to what you've seen. But there's a clearing surrounded by trees standing hundreds of feet tall. And you see some suburban houses all coupled together with a chapel in the middle. And that is where we will end tonight's session. Thank you all for listening to our special one shot in the month of October. We hope you have been enjoying this mini campaign. Don't forget that you can listen to the podcast on the Agent Journey Podcast website, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Links will be in the description below. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. You can support the podcast on Patreon and join our Discord. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.